Thanks so much for joining us. I want to say a special hello to all of our campuses. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you guys. I want to say hello to those who are watching online all around the world. Thank you so much for being a part of our services, too. Our online community is growing rapidly. We do appreciate you. If you're anywhere near one of our campuses, please come out and see us. We'd love to have you live in the audience as well in the, at the different campuses where you're going to find there's amazing people at all of our different campuses. We'd love to have you guys check that out as well. So I'm excited talking about Revelation today. Today's kind of wrapping it up, and I promised you that we would get to the very end of the world. The Bible actually talks about this, about how it's all going to finally wrap up. So I'm excited. Pull out your notes if you would. If you don't, ha- if you're thinking, well, there's no note sheet here. Well, you can take notes. There's a blank note sheet there in your bulletin, or you can download our app right now. And all the notes that I'm literally preaching from, you have them. And so please download the app as well. There's a lot of other resources on the Church Unlimited app at all the different app stores. You can get that right now. And so please do that. Again, thanks for being a part. Hey, can we give it up for all those who got baptized today? Congratulations at all of our campuses. Congrats. That's awesome. If you felt a little tinge of like, oh, I should be doing this, it's okay, we do them again. And so every once in a while you'll hear about it. So as soon as you hear about the next one, sign up. We'd love to baptize you. We would love to dunk you in the name of Jesus, okay? So (laughs) please sign up for that. We'd love to get you baptized again. Baptism is such an exciting thing. It's simply saying, hey, I want everyone to know I'm a Christ follower now. That's what baptism is all about. So again, just let's give it up one more time for all those family members who came as well. We love you guys. and so grateful that you came out. It's an honor to have you guys here. So today we're talking about the, the end of the whole world. I mean, it's kind of, it's like you can't get bigger than that, right? They can't get more epic than that. And so today's message is called The End Times Timeline. This is part two. We, we started last week about it. And so if you've been keeping up with Revelation, here's where we've gone. We started in Revelation 4, where it talks about the throne room of God. John, uh, John's called John the Revelator or John the Apostle. Um, he was one of the apostles that walked with Christ. He was the only one that died in natural causes. Everyone else were killed for the faith, but he was not. They tried to kill him. They couldn't. It's a pretty cool story on that in message one. But anyways... And so he basically wrote this vision that God gave him where he literally, God took, swept him up into heaven and showed him all what was going to happen. And then he he came back and wrote all that. And so basically in this, Revelation chapter 4 talks about uh, the the worshiping God in his throne and how he's in control. Uh, Also, through Revelation 1 through 5, he talks to the different churches. Pastor Craig Rochelle was so gracious to come and share with us one of those uh, churches he shared about that. Because uh, there's, there's different messages, different churches, different kinds of people, basically. And then I picked up last week about the tribulation, about all the difficult, crazy things that are going to happen, and started talking about that. And they talked about also last week about uh, the, the basically the false father, son, and Holy Spirit, uh, a counterfeit trinity. And this week I want to pick up after what's called Armageddon, which is like this great giant world war that happens. And so after that comes what's called the millennial reign. Uh, not millennial, sorry, millennium reign. And basically it means a thousand years that Jesus is going to come back. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but when we are raptured to heaven, when Jesus comes back, we're coming back with him. In fact, did you know that when we're raptured, that's actually not the coming, coming back of Jesus? Did you know that? Because it says in Scripture, we meet him in the air. His feet don't touch the ground on earth again until he comes back with us to reign for a thousand years. Did you know that? I wonder if when we reign for a thousand years, like we're going to show up and be like his posse. <laughs> like we're going to do like the slow walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, Wouldn't it be cool to do that, you know? And so we'll all come back and we will reign with him here in this earth for a thousand years. Let's pick up in scripture. It says this in Revelation chapter 20. By the way, there's only 22 chapters, so we're pretty close to the end here. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit 
and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished afterward. Uh, afterward, he must be released uh, for a little while. And so there's a thousand year reign. The devil's not allowed to mess with us at all. Isn't that nice to think about that? Like, oh, that would be so great. The devil can't mess with me. But then they're going to release him for a little while. Now, for, for me, I was like, what? Like, like, if you already got him bound, why would you, like, unbound him? Like, I mean, like, why, why are you doing that? Well, what's God's purpose now? Well, the first thing, number one, would you write this down? Christ comes back to reign over the earth with us for a thousand years. Then Satan is allowed to roam free for a short time after. Now, here's my theory. Here's my working theory. I don't exactly know because God does not say exactly why he releases the devil again for a little bit, but here's, my, here's what I believe is the case because I, I can build this case based upon other scripture, and, and that is this. If people get saved during that thousand-year reign, so we come back and we're already, we're already Christ followers and we come back with Christ, right? But there's already people on the earth that went through the tribulation that have now become Christians, right? And then other people will still become Christians during Christ's reign. Okay, so the devil's not there to mess with anyone for a thousand years. Isn't it kind of hard to see the heart of someone if they never go through anything? Isn't it kind of hard to really be like a victor, to be like a champion if you've never been challenged? Right? I mean, a champion is a champion because they've been challenged and, and, and came out victorious. But if you've never been challenged and you're what's called an untested contestant, like it's never happened yet. So, so I believe that God allows the devil to come back out to mess with us so that we can have victory. So let me, let me tell you what I mean by this. You see, I think we overemphasize the power of the devil. And, and let me tell you what I mean by this. A lot of people right now, maybe you're going through something and you feel like the devil's messing with you. How many of you guys feel that way? Like maybe you have something going on right now in your life and you feel like the devil is messing with you. Okay, I get it. I understand that. We all have trials, tribulations, difficulties, temptations that come our way. I think those are all very real. But I do think there's a fine line between what the devil does and then what we do. Sometimes we're like, oh, the devil's really messing me up. I mean, a buddy of mine hit me up and I went clubbing and, and then I started drinking too much and ended up doing things with someone I don't even know and I feel so guilty and I can't believe I got myself into this. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, the devil's so mean, I can't believe he did that to me. Okay, well, maybe the first phone call the devil was involved, but then you chose to go to the club, you chose to drink too much, you chose to get your freak nasty on. <laughs> don't Google that. Anyways... And so that's not really the devil at that point. You did that on your own, okay? And so I don't know about you. Have you figured out that you can do bad all by yourself? I figured that out. Like, I don't need any help, right? And so the truth is we have a sin nature. So sometimes we give the devil too much credit. Like, oh, he caused all this to happen. Well, okay, he can tempt you, but he's not all powerful. He's a fallen angel. He has the strength of an angel, not the strength of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, so you can overcome him. Just remember that. And so it's kind of like when Clemson, you know, who's a champion team, right? When they play Alabama, we're like, phew, that could go any way. You know, no problem. That must be like what it's like. Well, I'm going against the devil. Not even close. When you go against the devil, you're Clemson. He's not Alabama. He's Alabama State. You're like, oh, well, I mean, that's going to be like a blowout. I mean, I, I mean, they may score on us once or twice, but we all know at the end of the game I'm going to win because, I mean, Clemson versus Alabama State? I mean, clearly that's gonna be like not a problem, right? 
The devil has power and strength, but nothing close to God and nothing close to the Holy Spirit within you and nothing close to the angelic presence of all the, the angels, the army of God that's supporting you. And so you have way more firepower. And so really, then why in the world does Clemson play in Alabama? Like this last week, they played Wolford. Who even knows who Wolford is, right? And so they, they were like a 54-point uh, there was a 54-point swing. They, they knew they were going to destroy me, and they did. They beat them big time. So why would Clemson even play them? Because you have to have a certain amount of wins. You have to have six wins or more to make yourself bowl eligible. Did you know that? So when they do some of these out-of-conference uh, games, they'll play teams like that. A&M will play like Sam Houston State. Like, why would you do that? Because they're a Division I team, so they could count as a win. And so when the devil comes against you, I believe God is getting you a win. He's helping you get a W on, in your categories, helping you get a victory. So next time the devil comes at you, just know this, God uses the devil for his purposes too. Did you know that? He does. Let me give you an example. Think about this. Remember when Joseph, his brothers throw him into slavery, right? They betray him. They throw him into slavery. Joseph ends up in Egypt, right? Then he, of course, rises to the ranks through a series of events and he was faithful to God and God rose him to the ranks and now he became second in command of all of Egypt. And so because of that, he saved the Egyptians from famine and then he ended up saving all of the Middle East and really the whole world uh, because they stored up grain so they could feed literally the nations. And so his brothers didn't even know he was still alive. They came, didn't even recognize him. And when they finally figured out it's Joseph, they, you know, that he fed them, he gave them the grain. Basically, he, uh, God's vision came true that Joseph said, I will rise and be a leader above you and I will, my grain will feed your grain, basically. And they were mad at him at the time, but now it came true. God had, did have a plan. Sometimes people misinterpret our ambitions and that's exactly what happened to Joseph. But remember they said to him, they said, Joseph, we're so sorry. And Joseph said what? He said, it's okay. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Whatever you're going through right now, it's not supposed to stop you. It's actually God giving you a victory. You're not taking on Alabama. You're taking on Alabama State. You got this. You can overcome this. God's gonna give you the win. You see, the truth is you can't have victory unless you go through something. If Paul and Silas hadn't been treated unfairly and thrown into prison, then how could they have prayed and God shook the prison walls and opened up the doors for them and we could see this miracle? If there's no betrayal, if, if Saul didn't turn against David and was jealous of him, then David would have had to run for his life and then he began to build an army out in the wilderness and he learned how to be a general so he could one day be the king. You see, what I'm saying is that when, you, when something's going on in your life that doesn't make sense and the devil's messing with you, even God is in that, he's gonna use that for your purposes to, to fulfill God's glory. So it's okay. Trust in the Lord. He's got you. There's purpose in your struggle. There's purpose. When you're in the middle of a struggle, just stop and say, okay, what's the purpose of this? Okay, God, we try and teach me. What do you want me to learn from this? God will teach you. God will grow. Can I just make one more point if I can? I did mention this earlier in the last service. I want to say this. I just feel like someone needs to hear this today. You know, one thing I've learned about leadership is that you always have moments you have to walk alone. Joseph was betrayed by all his brothers. He did not have a single one of them on his side. He ends up in a pit. He ends up being sold into slavery. He goes to a country. He doesn't know the language. He's alone. When you're alone, you learn to depend upon God. God will give you some seasons when you feel like no one's in your corner because you're going to learn he is. And so you just stay faithful. The devil may be messing with you, but just remember this. When the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Just remind him where he ends up. Speaking of that, check out the scripture, Revelation chapter 20, verse seven. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations. He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army as num numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the, of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. That's Jerusalem, by the way. 
But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into a fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. I don't know about you, but this is kind of a nice point to make. Finally, number two, to hell with the devil. Isn't that nice? Like, finally, right? I mean, not about you, but that is just great news, man. Whew, finally that guy is going to leave me alone. Finally, he will not be tempting. He is done. He's going to get what's coming to him, and that's a lot. He's going to be tormented for eternity. And so think about all the evils that have happened in this world. I mean, how many of those things has he caused? He will finally pay the price for that, to hell with the devil. But here's the problem with this. is the next section of Scripture tells us that now we face judgment, and anyone who doesn't know Christ... It's to hell with them too. I want to pass out something I want to give you right now. We're going to give you a little gift today at all of our campuses. Ushers, would you help me out right now and help us pass out a little gift that we have for everyone? Let me tell you why this is important. Why they're doing that. Just take one per person, please. Don't take 20 per person. Please don't do that. Just one per person. The street value is not too high on this gift, so just, just one, please. <laughs> Please do that if you would. I'm going to give, the, give you this gift. But let me just tell you, before you get that in your hand, let, let, me, let me just tell you what's going on here. So you know what? The hell is real. We talked about this a little bit last week. But you know what? It's nice to say the hell with the devil, right? But you know what? If we, don't be, if, we're to, if we don't become a witness, if we don't bring people to church and help them hear about Christ, if we don't verbally tell people about Jesus, what you're actually saying is to hell with Frank, to hell with Barry, to hell with Lisa, to hell with Juan, to hell with Juanita, to hell with George, to hell with Jason, to hell with... To hell with my cousin, to hell with my lost friend, to hell with my lost nephew, to hell with my lost... You would never do that. We would never say that. would be like, no, I want them to go to heaven. Do you? So you know the truth about Christ, but you haven't told anyone else about it? Can you imagine if you had cancer? A dear friend of ours has cancer. She's getting surgery this week and healing up from it, and we pray it's going to get rid of all of it. Can you imagine one day if they finally find a cure for cancer? How amazing would that be? I mean, it will be earth-shaking. People will flip out. I mean, the MD Anderson, the Mayo Clinic, there's all kinds of research institutes all around the world trying to discover a cure for cancer. Can you imagine someone came to you and said, I have the cure to cancer. It's in this vial. I finally found it. And you had cancer? Would you, A, take the shot and go, give me that shot, man. Done. Oh, I can't believe this. I'm finally healed. <laughs> but that's it. You only have one vial. Or would you say, whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. I don't want to take that shot. Let's take it to a pharmaceutical company and let's multiply this out by the millions, and let's heal everyone of cancer, not just me, and then I'll take that shot, right? So you have the cure to the whole world's problems, and you haven't shared it with anybody? Well, I mean, I'm in. I'm good. I mean, I got my shot. I'm covered. I punched my ticket. I'm going to heaven. What about your friends and your family? So we wanted to give you this. This is called a carabiner, by the way. This is something you see people that climb mountains use this. And so it attaches them. All those ropes to keep them safe, none of that works unless you're attached. This is the link that attaches those ropes to your harness. If you've ever uh, been uh, mountain climbing before, I've done similar things like that. And you, they have a carabiner that attaches you. It's a big deal, right? And so here's the thing about that. By the way, this is not a real one. Please don't try to carabine with this. This is <laughs> not be good, okay? Okay. So, but I will just tell you this. This needs to remind you and I that we are the link, just like the carabiners link between that rope and the mountain and you, we are the link between a God who loves this world and your friends and your family. You and I are the link. That's why I put a little phrase in here, you may recognize it, to take as many. Anybody know how that finishes out? What are we here to do as a church? To take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. 
So I wanna challenge you to take this and make this your keychain. So every time you pull out your keys, you're reminded, I'm the link. I'm the link to my friend coming to Christ. I'm the link to that family member. I'll just need to bring him to church with me. And if I'll bring him to church, Pastor Bill will explain the gospel. Uh, and hopefully they'll find Christ at that point. Hopefully they'll make sense of him and they'll receive Christ. They'll, they'll choose to, to become a Christ follower. Now some of you right now are thinking, well, Pastor, here's a problem with that. I've tried that. I brought someone and they didn't get saved. Well, you're not responsible whether they get saved. You're responsible to do your part. So it's okay. You're still faithful. Or you say, well, I was going to invite my friend, but you know what? Every time I invite someone, they start asking me 100 questions about the Bible and about God and about philosophy and how the world was made in the universe. And I don't have those answers, so there's no way I can invite anybody. Okay, so based upon that analogy, then that means never invite anyone to go look at cars with you since you can't explain internal combustion. Don't ever invite anyone to go to the gym with you since you don't really understand exactly how those proteins and lipids work in your body. In other words, like, so you have to have all the answers to all the universe before you can be a witness? That is a lie from the devil trying to shut you up from telling your friends and family about the truth. So this week, I want to challenge you to bring someone because you're the link. You're the link between them and this church, and more importantly, you're the link between them and knowing Jesus. And that is how you get to heaven. And so I want to challenge you to invite someone, bring someone. We're starting a new series next week called Better Together. I want to encourage you. We've got a big giveaway with it. More on that at the end of the service. But I want to encourage you to, to bring your friends, your family, because everyone wants help in relationships. That's the next series. And invite them. You say, well, my friend's single. This is about relationships. No, no, no. Trust me. Every single one wants a relationship. Invite them too. Wherever you are, whether you're single, dating, engaged, married, married for years, complicated, maybe you're going through divorce. I don't know where you are. Just come. I promise you it will minister to you because God's word's powerful like that. But you are the link. So would you help me take as many to church as we can so that we can take as many to heaven? So we've included a couple of these extra mailers. These are called overruns. We, we overprint on purpose to give you one. Go ahead and pull those out if you would. This is for you to give to a friend, a family member, coworker, neighbor. Take it to work with you. You can give it to the guy sitting next to you at your office. Invite them, take one with you when you go work out, hand it to somebody. Hey, man, I want to invite you to my, to my church. And they may look at it and go, oh, I got one of those in the mail. Oh, awesome, that's my church. And what you're doing is you're validating what they see in the mail. Because right now they don't know anything about this church. It's like, what's this about? I don't know. But then if you say, no, it's legit, seriously, then they're like, oh, oh, you go there? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you want to come with me? And invite them to come to church with you. And when they ask you that big question, you know, I've always wondered this about the world or philosophy. I mean, how does this all work? I got this question for you. It's okay to say, hmm, I don't know. Why don't you come to church with me? We'll find out. And so I want to encourage you to become an inviter, become a bringer. You and I are the link. And so put this on your keychain. Don't give this away. This is for you. But use this on your keychain because you really are the link. Finally, to hell with the devil. But then number three, then comes final judgment. It says, and I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. All were judged according to their deeds. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Wow. That's as real as it gets right there. There's going to come a day that if you have not accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then you will not be going to heaven. You're like, I'm good. My family, we're Catholic. I'm solid. I'm all, I'm in. Oh, that's funny. I didn't see it where it says, if you went to a Catholic church, you're saved. It doesn't say that. Yeah, you let them know, man. Let them know the Baptist. We got it. No, it doesn't say that either. It doesn't say you can go to Baptist church for life and not, not be saved. Or Catholic church. Well, I'm Jewish. I mean, I'm no, we're God's people. We're good. No, no, no. Actually, study the Old Testament. There was lots of Jews that chose not to put their faith in God, and they did not get in either. 
The only way to get into heaven is through Jesus Christ. You have to receive him. If you cannot think of a moment where you've prayed a prayer where it kind of hits you like an aha, like, oh, whoa, whoa, I need Jesus. This isn't my mama's faith now. This isn't my grandmama's faith. This is going to become my faith. I need to ask Christ to save me. If you don't have a moment like that that you can remember, then dare I say, you're lost. You're spiritually lost and you need Jesus. And I don't mean to offend you. You may be a really great person, but great people that are nice and sweet and do all kinds of nice things for people still go to hell if they don't have Jesus. You need Jesus. It's that simple. It's not complicated. It's not supposed to be. In the end of our service, we're going to give you the opportunity to receive Christ. You can pray a simple prayer with us in just a few moments, and you can receive Jesus. But, but if your name is not written in the book of life, you will not be in heaven. And so I want to challenge you instead to receive Christ. So then comes judgment. So what happens next? This is the really cool stuff right here everyone always wants to know about. Check it out. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. I'm making all things new. Isn't that amazing? Here's what this means. There's a lot in here. The first thing I just want to say is that maybe you're hurting today. You need to know there's going to come a day that you will no longer have sorrow. There's going to come a day that you'll never struggle with depression again. There's going to come a day when the anxiety goes away completely. There's going to come a day when you never have to worry again. Isn't that nice to think about? That day is coming, and it's going to be in heaven. It's going to be unbelievable. Did you know that this is really cool? Did you know that literally God's going to drop a new heaven? First of all, I think heaven's probably pretty awesome now. But he's going to make it new? Like, oh, sorry, I didn't know it was getting a little rickety up there. Like, what? <laughs> this is heaven. He's going to make a new heaven again. He's like, I'm redoing this place. So he's going to redo it again. And then he's going to take heaven. Did you know this? He's going to drop heaven right down on earth. Starts with New Jerusalem, but then it's going to, he's going to wrap all the earth with the new heaven. Did you know we literally are going to have eternity here on this earth? Some of you are like, I knew it. I'm never going to get out of this town. I'll be here for eternity. <laughs> God's going to literally drop heaven. He's going to wrap the earth new in heaven. And did you catch it in Scripture? He said, and I'll walk among you. God's going to walk among you. What does that sound like? That sounds like Genesis chapter 2 where he walked among Adam and Eve. He's like, yeah, we're going to go back to pre-sin. No sin in the world. Perfect vegetation. It's going to be awesome. Except now we're all going to have our heavenly bodies. How many of you guys are ready for your heavenly body? I'm ready for mine. I'd be like, what's up? I can't wait, right? It's going to be great. The more Mexican food you eat, the more ripped you are. I don't know how that works, but it's going to be great. I can't wait. So anyways, so then comes the final judgment. Then number four, then God will create a new heaven and earth right over the old earth. Look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. It says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and the servants will worship him. Can I just put you at ease right now with the whole, everything's falling apart in the whole world. What are we going to do? For those who are really scared about that, ah, it's all falling apart. I'm not here to argue science with you, but I do want to tell you this. Yes, the earth is winding down, but when it finally winds down, God's going to renew it. So you don't need to live in fear. Does that help you a little bit? Just want to encourage you with that. There is definitely a breakdown in nature. Just like when we were birthed, we grew to a point of maturity, and then our bodies began to break down. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely in that phase of my life, right? Okay. 
And so it's going to happen. We break down because there's a curse on the earth. None of us are eternal yet. But when you receive Christ, your, your soul is, but your body's not yet. But then you'll get a new body eventually just like your soul. By the way, I just want to mention, you know when eternity begins for you? It doesn't begin when you die. It begins when you accept Christ. That's when eternity begins for you. You see, sometimes we think we're humans struggling to become spiritual. Actually, you're a spiritual being struggling with your humanity. Once you become a Christ follower. Just want to encourage you to know that. But this is interesting to me that it says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. God's going to renew us. He's renewing you and he's renewing, renewing me. Last couple of verses I want to share here. This is really important stuff. It says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Look, I'm, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. Did you know that God's not coming back empty-handed? Jesus is not coming back empty-handed. When he comes, he's going to have your reward in his hands. I don't know about you, but I hope when he gets to me, his hands are pretty full. Right? How, how, many, how many of you guys were kind of hoping you got some rewards there? Like, I'm hoping I've done some good so that there's some stuff that matters that he will reward me for. So the question is, what, what kind of rewards do we get? Like, wh- how does that work? Right? So, so on that final day, that final moment, he's going to reward us. What kind of rewards are we going to get? Check it out. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 8, For the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. You're rewarded for the good things you do for God. Did you know that? you, you got to start connecting the dots. You, you're rewarded for, for helping more people find Christ. You're rewarded for, for, for when you give to missions to, to help more people find Christ. You're rewarded when you serve in your church, in your community. You're rewarded for those things. Did you know that? Not just general service, service towards the Lord and his work. You're rewarded for those things. When you tithe, when you sacrifice, you're rewarded. I want to help change your mentality. You know, right now, my wife and I, we are preparing a, a sacrificial gift for God. And so we've been saving for months now because we know there's an annual offering we do every, every 1st of December, uh, end of November, 1st of December. That's coming up. I want to remind our people of that, those of you who you call this your church. This is where God has, has anchored you, tethered you to this house. I want to remind you that we have an offering coming up. And just, just I want to help. For some of you right now, this is going to seem really just crazy. But is it crazy in light of the fact that there's a heaven and a hell? Is it really crazy to give to God's house? Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Let me show you one last verse. It says in 2 Peter 3, 7, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. Did you know that God's gonna burn everything? It's all gonna burn. That new car that you love so much, yeah, it's gonna burn. You say, man, my car is lit. It will be, it will be very lit. <laughs> That Land Rover's going to look good, blazing. I knew it was on fire, right? It will be. Those new Nikes you got, they're going to be lit. They are. It's all going to be on fire. That new house, all that stuff burns. And the reason I want to point this out is because if you are still trying to find happiness in things, in items, in experiences, you're going to be missing the mark. All of it burns. So what counts? What do we get rewarded for? The things we do for others? the way we're a witness, praying for others, forgiving one another, bringing someone to church with you, serving in the church. Have you connected a dot yet when you serve? Well, you know, I don't know why they're always asking me to work in a nursery. Because if someone doesn't work in a nursery and hold those beautiful babies and show them Christ's love, guess what? You're also showing Christ's love to that mom and dad who can come and sit in church, focus now, and hear the gospel, and hopefully receive Christ. Have you not connected the dots why we need people working out in the parking lot? Because we need to get more cars on and more cars off as fast as we can so more people get in here to hear about Jesus. Have you not connected the dots? 
Have you not connected the dots to your offering that when we have a strong offering, it allows us to do more good works and more great things for God all over this world. We get to make a difference, planting churches, ser- serving and supporting missions all over the world. We get to do that if you'll just give. You see, we're not just, you know, this special offering, we're gonna help build a building. My wife and I are saving money right now and we're, and we're gonna give a large gift and I'm excited because my goal every year is to give more than I've ever given before. And I'm hoping next year I top this year. And the year after that, I, I top that year. I just wanna try to give more. You know why? Because I want use my life up for the gospel because people need Jesus. That's why I'm trying to do this. Will you join me in this? Believe me, sometimes it's tempting. Well, maybe we don't need to give that and we can just go on a killer vacation and it would be nice. I'll vacation in heaven. Oh, sure, I'll get a little time off here now. I have no problem with that. But I want to make sure I'm fully invested in God's work first. It's a different way of thinking, guys. Everything else is going to burn. I want to change lives. God did not move me to the city 21 years ago so I could play church. God gave me a vision. I didn't know a single person in the city, but God just gave me a vision to reach people that are far from God. And God gave me a burden for people, and he will not let me shake that. He will not let me get rid of that because God wants us to win people to Christ. He wants us to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die. Will you support that? Will you serve? Will you give? Will you pray? Will you bring people? That's why we do what we do. You have to connect the dots to understand there's a reason. What I'm trying to challenge you to do is to get serious. If you really want to know what Revelation is all about, it's really not about those seven lampstands and these seals and the four horsemen and all this, the Armageddon and the Gog and the Gag and the Magog and all this crazy stuff. That you're like, what does all that mean? You know what it's really about? Jesus coming back. That's what it's all about. Well, what about this detail? That too? I don't know all the details that well. You can study it for yourself and there's different interpretations, but you just need to know this. Jesus coming back. And so what really matters is not that we understand every little, every little detail. What matters is that we're right with Christ and we're helping everyone around us know him. That's what we're called to do, to make an impact, to make a difference. Would you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed, and we just take a moment to pray. Let me just ask you, have you connected the dots? Have you been coming to service Enjoying church, we're glad you do, by the way. But then that's kind of it. Maybe God's leading you to stay another hour and serve. Help out. Make a difference. Have you connected the dots? If we don't have people serving, we can't pull off church. We can't. We cannot afford to pay everyone to do everything. There's too much to do. We just need people to serve. Have you not connected the dots that when you give, you help us reach more people for Christ, or when you don't give, it limits our reach? Have you not connected the dots? Hey, Padre Island, I'm sacrificing a gift this year. Why? To build you a building. So if I can sacrifice for you, maybe you can too. Glad to do it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Have you recognized that all you have is just gonna burn? But you know it lasts forever? what you give to God and what you do for God and what you give to others and what you do for others. That lasts forever. Fire can't touch your good works for Jesus. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe your prayer today is to say, God, I'm gonna start serving. I'm gonna go all in because I've just been coming and I enjoy church, but I realize other people are serving me and I need to serve others too. If that's you, just lift your hand high. Just make that commitment to God. Just make that commitment to God. Thank you, thank you. 
I'm going to trust that you're boldly going to do that. You're going to fill out a form in a minute, go talk to someone in whatever department you want to work in, and we'll get you involved. Maybe for you right now, you're like, Pastor, to be honest, if I look at my checkbook, very little is spent on God. If that's you today, maybe your prayer today is to say, Lord, I want to begin to tithe. You may say, Pastor, that scares me to death. I don't know how I'm going to do that. That's 10% of my income. I don't know how I can possibly do it. That's going to require me to cut back in some areas. It's going to be crazy. I don't know how I possibly can make that in my budget. Why don't you trust the Lord with it? Why don't you trust the Lord to figure that out for you? If you know God is helping you connect the dots to lost people finding Jesus by giving, if you know that's something you need to do, would you lift your hand high to God today? Just saying, God, I realize I need to begin to give. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're helping us win more people to Christ. There is a race for the souls of man. The devil's running fast, but we're going to run faster. Thank you. See those hands. Thank you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. You never trusted Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. It's not complicated. It wasn't supposed to be. It's really simple. Jesus said, just come to me like a child does. Well, how does a child come to Jesus? In simple terms, with simple faith. So pray this very simple prayer right now to Jesus. You can receive him. You can say this right now out loud. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.